This episode is sponsored in part by PTZ Optics. Why hire a camera operator when the control is in your hands? Visit ptzoptics.com for more information. And by NewTek, makers of the TriCaster TC1. Stun your viewers, not your accountant. Visit NewTek.com for more information. guys, welcome to another edition of Broadcast Now, the show that talks about everything that has to do with broadcasting, live streaming, the internet, all that fun stuff. And uh, we've got a jam-packed show for you today. We've got a lot of show and tell that we're going to show you guys about cloud broadcasting and, and the direction. And I want to kind of talk to the panel a little bit during this to see what their thoughts are and what we can expect with NAB right around the corner, or is it? Joining me as always, we've got Mr. Marty McPadden from PodJam.TV. Welcome, sir. Hello, Steve. I love show and tell, by the way. So I'm excited for today's show. Oh, you got to have show and tell, right? It's, exactly. It's, it's, it's a must. And also, exactly. we have with us the man, the myth. No, no, no. He's on the left side. Left side. Get on the wall. No. Oh, did you forget today was Steve, show day? Are we live? We, we are live. Put Call of Duty away. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get a quick game in on that long countdown, but hey, got... <laughs> it's going to be awesome tonight. I'm telling you, we're down in the wheelhouse with the uh, streaming to multiple platforms, and I already know that Steven's got some <clears throat> news he wants to share. It's going to be cool. Absolutely. And I kind of want to get everybody's uh, opinion on this, and you guys feel free to post it in the chat room. As well as as we've all heard, and uh, NAB, which is normally, for those that don't know, is in Las Vegas, Nevada, and that's usually every April, around the first week of April. Well, since the pandemic, uh, it's been hit or miss with NAB. In fact, it was canceled last year, and then this year, it was brought out that it was going to come out, and they were going to have it on the 9th of October through the 13th, I believe it is. Well, I know uh, my company, PTZ Optics, as well as some other companies, have been pulling out. Well, there's a big name that actually pulled out this week, which is really, really, like, caught me totally off guard, and I didn't know what you guys thought. But Sony has withdrawn from in-person participation of both NAB and Infocom. And for those that don't know, Infocom is usually in Florida, and it's usually in Orlando about a week after NAB, roughly around there. But don't fear, Sony is going to be doing a opener, a press opener, Sunday, October 10th at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, they basically go on, and you can read these articles if you look it up, but they go on to say, you know, with the rise of the Delta variant, they don't want to risk it. And I personally made the decision, my company gave me the option of whether or not I uh, was going to go out. So I opted, guys. I opted to not go uh, due to all the companies pulling out and also for, for safety. I don't want to 
get stuck in Vegas and quarantining. Otherwise, I'll be knocking on John Pareto's door and uh, staying with him for contact tracing. But, Greg, let's start with you a little bit on this. Uh, what's your thoughts on these companies pulling out? Do you think uh, this is smart? What, what, what's Do your you take? really want to start with me, Stephen? You were just on my news program the other night. That's true. Marty, and, let's start with uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. Here's the deal. I'm kidding. Give me the screen. Give me the screen. There, I Steven, got you on the show screen. You the deal. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, as far as this, you know, I know that this is a topic that people have many, many different viewpoints on. Um, and hey, you, as an American, or if you're watching from another country here in the U.S., you know, we 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 strive for freedom and freedom of choice and all this jazz. But the bottom line is there's so much out there um, with folks having different opinions. And a lot of it's come through what we're actually doing here, which is media um, and, and the influence of media. But the fact is the virus is real. 9 minutes and 57 seconds to begin to tell you the truth. Actually, I was and putting that up there to tell you how long you had. I know what you're doing. <laughs> but then I forgot but I forgot that the audio kicked in, so apologies. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, there's something that happened today that you may or may not be aware of that I think is going to push a big change coming through the new through the next few months. And I know we're gonna talk about multi-streaming and all this, but this NAB is a big deal. But there's something that happened. This is not a political show. I'm not here to give any political opinions, right, left, middle. I just like the truth. But here's the deal. Today, um, federal government, Biden administration announced, uh, let me throw this up there for you, that a vaccine mandate is coming down by executive order. For companies that have more than 100 employees, you will be required to have a vaccination or tested weekly. Second, for the federal government employees in the executive branch, there will be no option. You can look this stuff up for yourself, but this is coming down today. So executive branch, federal government, you have to be vaccinated or you have to find another job. Companies that have one more than 100 employees have to fall under a whole new category of requiring the vaccination or um, having a weekly test that affects about 80 million Americans. So it is no surprise to me at all that Sony comes out today says, um, or whenever it was yesterday, today, we're not participating. I think actually it's gonna be a whole lot more of that. This stuff just came down today um, from Washington. So, I'm sure companies are digesting this and they're going to have to figure out how to deal with this going forward. So it's going to be an interesting time. Um, and you listen, I respect the virus. I was sick for three months, as you know, Stephen, um, off the air from October to December. Lost my father-in-law a few months ago to COVID. So it's legit. Um, but we're going to see what happens, um, but I'm sure now that federal government's getting involved at a new level, it's going to upset the apple cart for many things that were planned this fall, and this is just the beginning, my opinion. 
Marty, what do you think? Do you think it's smart that they're uh, that these companies are pulling out? Do you think NAB should just cancel? Man, you know, I mean, I think that uh, I think the mistake NAB made is not having uh, not setting up as a hybrid event. Not, I'm not sure how much planning they made. I think they were assuming that by the fall we'd be okay, and I think the Delta variant obviously upset a lot of people's uh, plans, original plans. And knowing how NAB works, it's a huge trade show. And the planning of that is it's a year round thing. So it's a huge undertaking. So I think they got caught. And I think the mistake they made is they didn't plan for that hybrid portion. So, I mean, as far as, you know, the the mandates and all that, you know, I'm a I, I think that people should be vaccinated. I mean, I'm, I'm fully on board with that, you know, so I, you know, it's, it's a public health thing. So beyond that, I, on the technical side of things, I will say that this whole trend, even if there was no pandemic, I think the way I look at it is the pandemic just was an accelerator for a lot of these trends that we're seeing. So I think these companies are realizing, in fact, Apple is going to have their event, their, their iPhone event uh, next Tuesday. And and I and I'm a big Apple fan. I watch all the events. I think that they're probably setting the standard in these new virtual events. If you have it, if you haven't had a chance to uh, watch one of the recent events, take if you're into production and all, take a look at it. It's probably the best example of a virtual event that's out there right now. They're setting the a very high bar. Sony, in fact, my only experience with NAB, I was a guest of Sony back in 2014. They have traditionally the largest booth there they have a really good location so like steven when you pointed it out for them to pull out they're one of the largest exhibitors there that's huge deal and i think that and also they're fully capable in fact they every year they would have a press event they would have their own thing in their own and when i say sony booth it's it's like a mini city in there it's it's huge (laughs) you know and they have like the year i went it had a wraparound screen all kinds of crazy stuff and they have they do their actual press event in the booth i mean they have plenty of guests they have seating um and for them doing a virtual event i i think is is the right move i mean they can certainly carry it off but i think this is the trend and i think even when we get past this pandemic I think companies are realizing, and I think you'll see it from Apple. I'll use Apple as an example. Yeah. I think what you're going to see is once they can actually have people on campus during these events, what you'll see is they'll continue to do the virtual event. Because think about it, doing a virtual event, they have full control. If they're doing demos, they can do, tell the full story. Um, and then what they'll do is, and, the, and it's funny for Apple, they have a beautiful campus. They have that Steve Jobs Theater, beautiful theater. And I think what you're going to see, and they have a huge screen there. So I think what you'll see is when they can have people in person there, they'll do most of the event showing on the screen for the the press that's there and invited guests and things. And then they'll have that, you know, hands-on area and they'll do it that way. And well, it's that hybrid event. Let me ask you guys something, um, because this is a broadcasting convention. We're going to get into this the cloud broadcasting um, because this kind of plays into the cloud broadcasting because of so many options right now, NDI and, and different uh, things that are out there. My question has been, and, and forget what your belief is on the mask, not mask. It is going to be rather difficult to keep a six foot distance from potential buyers of your product and wear a mask at a broadcasting convention. If anybody's been to a trade show, 
or a broadcast convention, it is noisy. It doesn't matter if it's broadcasting or anything. It's noisy. People are bumping their their audio. If it's an audio um, company, it's you would go you know hoarse in there trying to talk through the mask over it at six foot distance. I I have a hard time with that. Like I don't know what their thinking was with this. And well, layer on top of that. You're at a convention, whether it's NAB or some musical conviction convention or a Comic-Con or a, or a gun show or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. These shows are designed to be in-person, close contact, hands-on, and it's just it's, it's quite difficult right now. Um, I, I'm glad I'm not in charge of NAB or any other program right now, but it shows the necessity um, and I think Marty was alluding to this, especially with Apple. And then I saw John Prieto's comment in there. It, it's, it's, it's alluding to that, you know, Marty said that COVID just was like a catalyst for a transition, um, in society. And I would agree with that. We were heading here to, um, you know, hybrid events, streaming, multi-streaming, virtual events, um, this just accelerated it, um, but I I don't see honestly. If I had to make a bet right now, I bet it's canceled. I guess we'll have to wait and see and find out what they're going to do because I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know you hate to see it go because you don't want to see them lose money. You don't want to see any company go under, whether it's NAV or anything like that. So um, if it happens, we'll be sure that following week to give you guys um, our input on the things that are released, or even if everybody decides to do their own virtual event, that that Thursday will do it. Steven, I can tell you this, um, you know, I'm pretty much into the uh, crypto world. Love it. And been a part of it a long time. I've got a couple of friends in the industry that are pretty high level in crypto. And one was going to have an event this fall in Vegas. Pretty large event for cryptocurrency event and he had to cancel it he just came and says listen i cannot i there's just no way to do what they're asking me to do to have this event um so i think there was some play from the backside that there are certain requirements and things that have to happen and of course that's nowhere near the size of these larger shows so there's there's for sure things going on behind the scenes for requirements absolutely i you know it's one of those things we're just going to have to pay attention and again you can count on us we'll bring you the uh best information we can of all the companies that release whatever they're releasing at nav i know there's a lot of exciting stuff as um, i've been getting emails from different companies under embargo but uh i will let you know there's some cool stuff coming um so this kind of leads into this whole cloud computing revolution. Um, for most of you guys, you know, there's hardware and software out there that you can put together, whether it's a computer, Mac, or PC, and create great content online. But more and more, we're seeing the move toward cloud broadcasting. And uh, let's kind of give you a, a little sneak peek into uh, a platform that I use here uh, called Switchboard. Now, Switchboard is cloud-based, but it allows me to take a single stream out of a vMix, Wirecast, OBS, whatever whatever software solution I want to use, or even TriCaster, stream to the cloud, 
and then the cloud distributed it to all these destinations. Like you can see on the right-hand side here, there's probably 10 destinations I'm populating this to. Um, it gives you a view count. It gives you the ability to uh, syndicate. And one of the cool things is Greg's Facebook, his YouTube, and Marty's YouTube, I'm able to stream to it without knowing any of their credentials. It's, it does a stream share with Switchboard. So if you're wanting to get into actually streaming in the cloud without using your bandwidth, this is a great option. It gives you the ability to go to most of your destinations that take RTMP, as well as there's some built-in destinations here. Like if I click add, um, we could select new destination here. And these are just some of the pre-built destinations. So if you don't see your destination there, you can simply put in your RTMP information. I haven't found a destination that I couldn't go to from this. Uh, going 1080p, guys, going to basically 10 destinations right now would be tough on a 50 down, or excuse me, 400 down, 50 up connection, 1080p. It'd be just super difficult to do that. So having this ability, we, we've been, you know, I've been doing this for quite some time, streaming it. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Relying on the cloud, Marty, we'll start with you on this one. Um, streaming to the cloud and letting the cloud distribute your content for you. Oh, I think it's one less, or or in your case, ten less points of failure. Uh, and you, and the other part is the bandwidth. So a lot of, especially beginning streamers or or one man bands or people that stream out of their houses. They, they know about multi-streaming. There's, uh, you know, it's talked about in, you know, you could do it through vMix, you can do it through these various software switches. And it is capable, even through a Wirecast and all these other, you can go to multiple RTMP destinations. Problem that you run into, of course, is can your bandwidth keep up? Because you're generating these streams and you're going out and you're going to individual destination and you're doing all the work yourself. The value of a cloud service like Switchboard is you, you know, like you said, Stephen, you send them one stream and they take care of everything on their end and they redistribute it. You know, you do introduce a little bit more delay, but I think the the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. That's really the only disadvantage I see is there may be a little bit more delay because of the extra work that it takes, but it takes all that strain off your system. I don't know of anybody at home that has that kind of bandwidth or even that kind of um, CPU strength in their and they're set up to build you multiple streams. I mean, certainly not 10 streams like you do. And again, it's just, you're, you're offloading. It's, it's a process that you don't need to really be involved with. You're offloading. It's a lot of computing power. You're offloading a process that is just going to slow you down and cause issues that you don't need to deal with. So uh, I'm all for it. it it's not free. Um, but if you're, if you want reliable streams, especially you want to go in multiple places, it's, these kind of services are great for that. Greg, what about your thoughts? I know you're not really using a cloud service. You've got a pretty good bandwidth pipe at your place. Um, what, yeah. What's your thoughts? Um, I have used Restream.io in the past when I was gaming earlier before any of the pandemic stuff. And to be honest with you, the reason I chose them was because they are a Ukrainian-American company. And I had some friends that knew the inventors of that jazz from ukraine i've been working in ukraine for 30 years so it honestly back in those days steven i didn't even trust restreaming because i was actually scared to put my credentials into the cloud <laughs> that was the i'm serious 
I was scared to death to put my credentials into the cloud. And I said, okay, I'm getting ready to get hacked. So I talked to my buddies in Ukraine. They said, no, dude, this is legit. And um, that's back in the early days. Of course, Restream.io, they're based out of now Austin, Texas. But it's actually developed by Ukrainians. And um, for me, that's very cool because they're very, very smart when it comes to uh, technology. So that was my initial experience. But for now, you know, I am multi-streaming. I'm not using the cloud. I do go right out of um, vMix to three locations and I have no problems. I love it. What I did do though to um, help my setup here, and this was with Steven's help, I actually stream through a secondary computer. So my computer that I do all of my processing and all of my graphics and all of my you know, news information that I use for my programs. I used to stream out of that. And Steven goes, ah, we may need to adjust that. He goes, it's, it's going well, but let's take that load off. And um, so I got a pretty stout secondary machine over here. So I'm through uh, NDI and um, set up a whole server system in my studio here, of course, with the wizard helping. And honestly, for vMix, um, and I know it's not cloud. I'm going straight out of the, out of the uh, software here. I've never had one problem or failure. And even back when I was multi-streaming um, for gameplay, that would have been face not Facebook, but that would have been YouTube and Twitch at the same time. Um, I never had a problem. But what really set me over the edge was able to talk to somebody because I'm very conservative by nature, especially in regard to credentials on the cloud. Um, I do not trust anybody other than Steven and Marty and you that are viewing this program. And some of you like Brad Llewellyn, I don't trust you, dude. I really don't trust, <laughs> don't trust you. that Brad. Not Brad. No, I don't trust don't him. I don't guy. trust John Mahoney. I don't trust, uh, Zahidus. No way, dude. But you know, people I don't know, I trust you, but no, it, it's, it's the legit. So I was actually scared put my credentials in the cloud but they set me at ease and um so it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing and for anybody that will ever say to you listen a only stream to one source build your audience at one place they're full of baloney you want to grow your platform you want to grow your community you want to grow your investment into whatever you're trying to communicate your message your cause, why is it not smarter to stream to multi, multiple platforms? Now, the beauty of something like vMix is, and Stephen can, you know, um, talk about this more, but we're able to bring in all the comments to one central location here um, with the vMix social system and then roll them up. So it really almost creates one community. So it's, I, that's, I'm all for it, man. So one of the things, as Greg mentioned, was um, Restream.io. Now, I mentioned Switchboard, and there for a while, Switchboard and Restream, as I know the CEO of Switchboard had been with them when they were back, Joycaster, and I really liked the product the way it was. Sw um, Restream.io has taken a, a, a different turn where not only can you stream to multiple destinations, and their freemium model is actually fairly well, does does very well they also have a web studio in here and so 
you know, I, again, this isn't a tutorial, but this is going to be like a quick overview. So you don't have a PC or Mac that's capable of doing such high quality video, you know, anything like that. They give you ability inside of here to where you can do like these split boxes like you're seeing myself and Marty and, and Greg doing three boxes, picture in picture where you have like, say, a web browser and maybe yourself. Um, you have a, a cinema view where you can have a bunch of people underneath, kind of like Zoom if you're familiar with that or on the side. You got all these different themes that you could set up for like news, um, rounded corners. You could set up colors. You can even set up different backgrounds if you want to change your background to something like that. Well, that's the countdown, but you kind of kind of get the idea. You can do it all inside here without having to have a super beefy computer. You can do just simple backgrounds or video clips um, if you want just a you know static background or you know something behind your two box. And and I just started playing with this a little while ago, and it was like it was very intuitive. The cool part they also do is they have a restream chat. You can do like the chat overlay if somebody was uh, typing. Let's let's give it a whirl here. Um, they also have a congregated chat that you can do to where um, well, I'm not streaming. So to activate chat, please enable channels here. So I don't have anything anything tied up. So, um, but this is this is called restream.io, and this is what you're going to be greeted with. You got to link it to your either Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, or LinkedIn. Having the ability to even record in the cloud. So there's different, again, I mentioned this is a freemium model, but you can upload your recordings if you pay for a higher tier um, inside the dashboard. So let's go back to the live studio here, guys. And um, again, this is all done from the browser, and, and I would highly recommend Chrome. There you can see I'm in here. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of doing a picture-in-picture -picture, uh, setup here. But it... it you know, have the chat on the right-hand side. So you can do a lot of different things, like so if, upgrade to enjoy advanced features. So this is the price point that you're looking at here. Uh, standard, $16 a month. And, you know, these are these are the options. You'll have to go through this. Um, $41 a month for professional. In my opinion, after looking over this, guys, to me, this is what most people would use. If you want to get in and have a semi, I don't even want to call it a semi-pro. I don't want to call it professional or non-professional. To have a good-looking stream, you're, you're looking at $41 a month. If you take into consideration the cost that is in uh, multi-streaming, the cost that's in uh, having a $3,000 to $4,000 streaming computer, and you're, you're going to be way under budget with that. And coming in at full 1080p at $41 a month, uh, or or you know you do it yearly, right? So it comes out to be um, yearly is $490. So if you if you're one of those guys, you get three custom RTMP destinations, 10 hours of of streaming stored for 15 days. Um, you really got to get into this to find out, but they tout that you can do uh, 30 different destinations or 30 destinations at one time i don't i don't know i didn't get into it enough to know uh, but you can do like different events you can schedule your events um, there's a scheduler so it automatically i guess takes you live when you're when you're ready to go live so i know greg you mentioned this uh just a little bit ago restream has taken it from just restreaming your stuff from uh you know vmix 
OBS, but they've taken it to go all the way to the you know the cloud production. The production, yeah. Yeah, you've just blew me away. So honestly, Stephen, the last time I looked at Restream.io, it did not look like that at all. That was quite impressive. Um, I'm I'm I was looking to the right because I'm looking over here to monitor, and I was just listening to you looking at some of the things that they offer um i'll tell you what i may be taking a peek at that when this stream is over um that was pretty pretty impressive there all i can say is back in the day of course back in the days what, three years ago when i was using restream.io personally had great um i had great results with it and i will tell you this this is one thing that i do like about restream io their customer service is fantastic because i was so nervous as i said before put my information out there i talked to my buddies in ukraine and then i wanted some customer service i, I assume it would be the same today but it was instant you want an instant chat it was i'm impressed with restream.io i think they had to do and this. i don't use them it's not a commercial but no they're impressive I, I don't use it either but i i, I mean marty I've been using you use Switchboard for a while. Um, if you're just wanting to syndicate your your streams, Switchboard's got the answer for that. Um, again, we're just showing some options here. We're not saying, "Hey, go out and buy this." You know, we get an affiliate code or anything. Uh, what do you think about? Because I, I know it's probably been a while since you've even looked at Restream.io. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's funny because I looked at it. I've, I've done some work with, and we'll get into Streamyard. And and Sue Ann asked a question: Isn't that is that similar to? The Streamyard. We're gonna get. We're gonna get. We're gonna get to that in a yeah, little bit. It's 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 very similar. This whole space, the cloud cloud production space, is is fast moving. It's very competitive and it's very exciting. Just to kind of put a cap on what Greg was saying about his setup, he kind of does his own cloud, basically his own cloud setup with his um, streaming and the idea of offloading the streaming to a separate computer. That's what, you know, he has a professional setup. He knows what he's doing between you, Steven and, and Greg, you are set up. Well, you're confident you can do it. You're going to three streams. He's, you're kind of emulating that whole model, which is actually a good model because you're offloading that. It's a very um, processor intensive process and it makes sense to do that. These cloud products are really, I think, really exciting. And I think, you know, take we'll talk restream to start out with. And I think Joe Zaitis asked a question. You picked Switchboard for a reason. Now, Switchboard, it's it's specializes in just getting your stuff out there. And it's funny because they've updated since I've used it when it was Joycaster. Uh, they've updated their system, and they're really rock solid as far as if you want to get your streams out there and get to different destinations. And they have you can switch them on and off. So they're really well suited and very specialized in that area. Restream has taken another level. They introduced the production tools, and so does StreamYard, and they're kind of battling it out. I think it's a. I think these services are really exciting, and if you're just starting out in streaming, it's legit. I mean, I you know, and and think of it this way: not only can you stream to multiple destinations, and you have these production tools. Now, the the downside, well, maybe a little disadvantage is they're they're templates, so you have limited amounts of ways you can customize it like what steven does and what greg does with you know doing their shows through either vmix or through 
the TriCaster is they have full control over how they want the shows to look, full control, but it takes a degree of knowledge and, and skill to be able to do that. If you're just starting out, the, at these, these cloud services are great. It doesn't take a beefy computer. You can use almost, it's all browser-based. And so you can be up and running very, very quickly and kind of learn the craft as you go. And, and I think the fun, for me, I think the fun thing, I've used StreamYard for client work when it's just something really simple and I want, I don't want to know it actually works. Restream is really good. I like, you know what I like about Restream, Restream is they've done a really good job with their templates and I love the, the thing I love the best with them as far as the production is they have this chat overlay chat feature, which is really cool. You can overlay the chat and what you, Stephen, you mentioned they congregate or they aggregate all the different chats, which they do a really good job. It really yeah. works well. And I've seen people, and this might apply to Greg or you, if you're advanced, who's to say that you can't layer these tools? You know, I've known shows where they use that StreamYard chat feature, and that's kind of all they use, but they have other production tools in the mix. Well, it's similar, so that's another thing. similar to what we're doing with vMix Social. I'm running a exactly. TriCaster. I'm not really running exactly. vMix as production like Greg's doing. So you make a good yep. valid point there. Yep, exactly. And so... It's a great way to get started, you know, and again, learning the craft. And I, the, kind of the game I play with these services is how much can, how far can I push it? Knowing <laughs> that they're limited, right? But how far can I push it? Like maybe it's not completely designed for what I want to do, but maybe if I do a certain order and, and, you, and you get mm -hmm. used to the controls and both StreamYard and Restream, you can do pretty good stuff with it if you're creative, you know? And I've seen people be, get pretty creative with this stuff. So it's a great place to well, start. It, it's pretty okay, simple. Um, you're exactly right, Marty. But in thinking about this, I've, I've tried them all, honestly. I've been on Restream. I've looked at StreamYards. I've run straight OBS. I've run Stream Elements, which is a layer on top of OBS to make it even simpler to work, to function and look much like what you saw there with Restream.io, I run vMix, and I watch, do not understand, but I watch what Steven does through the TriCaster when I'm there with him um, in studio. So I've seen these things that work, but for the cloud-based, whether it's Restream, Stream Elements, um, StreamYards, they are in serious competition with each other. I, I honestly think that's why Restream.io picked its game up, because a lot of these platforms initially you could only stream to one location and then they started figuring it out for example like um what's the one Streamlabs? yeah Streamlabs. they, they figured it out they said oh, okay we've got to add multiple destination streaming and i can remember when that came out not too long ago well they were it's behind there this was is, a pr they were what? they were behind because wirecast and vmix and vidblaster were already giving you the ability as well as tricaster to stream to multiple platforms um, Correct. So they had I mean, to jump I own on that VMix. board. I own VMix. I stream the lo three locations for free. It's, I mean, because I've already paid for VMix well, and I've you set already up, have the bandwidth. like Marty said, yeah. my own little network in here. But um, on the cloud-based side, this is a huge competition area right now. So what Marty was kind of leaning into as a production guy, um, especially, you know, if you need to see his expertise, and a good bio picture, head to podjam.tv and um, <laughs> you'll see it. The guy's a beast. 
But my point being, if you think outside the box, and I know Steven has done this, and I have done this, I can pretty much manipulate OBS to do what OBS is not intended to do. Um, if you will crack it open some, and that uh, that would then bounce over in a stream, out of the stream yards, restream, you actually can expand it to be a little bit more creative, but you got to play with yeah. it a little bit. That's that's good. And that's kind of what Marty was saying. If, if, um, if you want to try to get this stuff to do what it's technically not supposed to, and we do it all the time, we push the envelope and, um, Ooh. yes. Ooh, I just remembered. So Steven's always challenging me to be streaming my gaming. And um, I'll probably stream it tonight if I can figure out OBS again. Yeah, he broke I, it. I told Steven, I said, I called him the other night going, because he had challenged me. He says, you got to be streaming your video game tonight. I want to watch it when I'm going to bed. I said, no problem. So I stream video games at 1030 Eastern. And, oh, about 930, I started to fire up OBS. I forgot how to use it. I've been using vMix <laughs> every day. So here I'm talking all this stuff. And I'm sitting there. I'm texting Steven. Dude. How do you use the OBS stream elements? I forgot. But my point being, so you can hybrid stuff. So, like, I have done this personally. I like a lot of the overlays, for example, these cloud-based utilities offer. Okay, like stream elements for. Don't gaming. get into that yet. We're they gonna get some, into that. we're gonna get into that in a little bit. I know we are. They have some phenomenal templates. But what I've done is integrated the softwares. So. I lay stream elements on top of vMix. It's just a little bait for you. That's that's a um, that's a beauty with this stuff. You can up- is that the magic prize we're talking about at the end? That is the magic prize. We're gonna get to well, because what I want to do is again, there's tons of services out there. These are ones that I know a lot of people like. If you look at the consensus, these are the these are the programs that everybody's using that is either starting out or kind of intermediate. And that's what I wanted to show you guys because the tools are getting powerful and more powerful without needing to have all the hardware. And I know a lot of my buddies use this, which is StreamYard. You're greeted right here. You're seeing my built-in webcam. You put your display name in under the cam and mic. You can choose uh, whatever it is that you want as your audio and video source. You can do a green screen if you want. Um, I'm not going to do it because um, a buddy of mine Glenn, he, he does this all the time, and he does uh, he'll do stuff like this, as Greg knows, and it and it looks awful. Um, and I Dude, tell him this all the time. Incredible green, well, that's green unbelievable. You have to put a green screen behind it. Don't 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 do otherwise. Um, so you set all this stuff up, and then you enter your studio. So this is what you're presented with. You have a a, a chat, and uh, Marty, that's why you saw him broadcast. Now I scheduled this earlier. It was just. Uh, it was just to come in here and do this, but you basically have a switcher in a browser form right in front of you, and you have this little green room, so I can click and add myself to the stream. I can remove myself from the stream, and it basically says your audio was removed. Add yourself back and use the layout buttons if you want to maximize a guest screen without losing audio. So let's say I was a guest and Greg's doing a show, and they put me in, uh, we'll call it the green room, I could still hear the show, and I don't have to mute my audio. So it's a great way um, I can add to the stream. We can do split boxes. 
Um, I obviously don't have anybody else in here. If I did, you could see it would do a side-by-side, -side, or there's one that you can put a background behind it. There's a, th a three-way box. There's a, a presentation box. Uh, there's two people in a presentation, and there's a presentation full screen. And then you have your invites, just like uh, Google Hangouts or Zoom, if you're familiar with how Zoom works. You can share. And then you have, like I said, your chat here. Now, this isn't the chat to YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're going with this. This is your internal chat that you can chat with your guests. And I think that's something that is of uh, a good feature. You can create your own banner if you want to have um, something here. This is live. And then we could have it scroll across the bottom, add the banner. And then um, I'm assuming that's that's how you make it work. Um, I don't know. Oh, I got to click show. There you go. That easy, right? So it puts it right across the bottom. If you have an R, I don't, I don't know if it does RSS. I would I would think so. Uh, but you could have somebody's name or or you know whatever. You can do branding, branding colors. You can add uh, different overlays, what we call lower thirds. Um, video clips, backgrounds. Like if you want your own custom background. Um, again, here's your private chat. These are your comments up above. So these are comments here, whatever that you're connected to. So um, it says you can't post comments to Facebook groups. So apparently it's only for pages as well as um, live events. So if you had YouTube, um, I don't know if it'll bring them in. I don't know if it does syndication. You'd probably have to look into that. So if you're going to YouTube and Facebook to see all the comments from both platforms, it kind of looks like it does. But again, I, I haven't used it. This is just a little bit of um, behind the scenes that I played with today. And then you have your settings, which we talked about here. You can go in and, and change some things. So in essence, you I'm on a MacBook Pro here. I could run it on a MacBook Air. I could run it on one of those little net top computers. I can essentially run it, guys, on anything that is basically a I could probably run it on a Chromebook. That's the beauty of this, having that as an option if you don't have the computer power. Um, it's not going to look like something that somebody has like a $100,000 studio, but it still dresses it up nice, wouldn't you say, to, to do a live show where it's not just a static picture of yourself or static video of yourself. I uh, actually wish I was a viewer tonight and not a panelist. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm, you know, I've been doing this stuff and I can talk about it and help people, but man, this stuff has really changed. Yes. You know, I've been, and I love vMix. Of course I'm not changing, but wow. I looked at, what was that? StreamYards? StreamYard. Yep. Steven, I looked at them 18 months ago. That was, that was not even what their platform looked like. What a huge change yeah there's and, some good stuff for folks man and i think it's 20 somebody in the chat room a uh, joe to max or somebody in the chat room let me know i think it's 20 dollars a month for you know for what it costs um i i didn't get into the pricing on this i apologize guys i was trying to go through all the different things just to kind of give you a overview of what the product could do marty i mean we've heard about Streamyards for a while since even the last time we did broadcast now it came out uh, when um, Blab was out, people started jumping from Blab to go over to that, and that was like two or three years ago. So it's it's improved over these years in, in the cloud being able to do production. 
Yeah, uh, it's funny. I've used it uh, for client work. So I've actually used it as a platform to do live streams for clients. I also have clients that actually use it on their own to do their podcasts and live streams, and then I'll do some editing with them. Uh, the thing to remember with these services is it's a very fast paced um, innovation cycle here. Um, in fact, StreamYard was just sold to um, a, a company called Hopin, mm -hmm. which is a virtual events company. They got a big round financer. So it's moving. So they're the big leagues. I mean, this is, there's big money behind this stuff, a lot of innovation. The thing with uh, both these services, Restream and StreamYard, the other advantage that I, I forgot to mention is it's greatly simplifies. If you're, a lot of people are doing shows with guests, like some of what we're doing here. Yep. And that's always been, and Steven, you know this, you've been doing it for years and, and Greg, you, you deal with the same thing. It's, it's not easy to bring remote guests in. There's a lot of little hassles you got to deal with bringing people in all the technical things. These cloud services make it very easy. Not only do they generate the invite link, so you just send an email and click on it, but the guests coming in, it's just through their browser. Yep. And so for most people that aren't technical, it makes it very, very easy. Then on the production side, if you're, especially if you're just a one-man band, having the templated layouts, you just bring them in, they go, they come right into their broadcast. You just demonstrated with StreamYard. It's just a matter of clicking on and bringing them in and, and you're ready to go. So it's very quick and easy to get up and running. The, the again, the disadvantage, because in one of the, I think that StreamYard's tagline, they do a Sunday night town hall every Sunday night at 9 p.m. I know that. So if you look them up, you'll see them and they do like a half hour update of the various upgrades and things happening with the company. But if, if you um, want to get up and running quickly, that's a, that's a, you know, it makes it very easy. And their tagline is simple production, high quality, simple. And it's all based on simplicity. Now there's always a, um, a compromise there. And technology is, think of technology as compromise. You know, so there's always got to be a give back. And what's the give back? Well, it's based on templates. So you're not going to be able, the, you're limited as far as how you design your shows. The kind of the one drawback of these cloud services is everybody's show looks the same yeah. because it's all template. And you can always tell a StreamYard show versus a Restream show. I mean, and the advantage is you're going to get up and running. It's going to look pretty good. And frankly, and the difference on the price tiers, just to make it clear, I know on StreamYard, I've had experience with them is it's a pretty big jump like the the one on the lower end is 720p but if you want 1080p that's when it costs about twice as much per month and it gets recorded in 1080p so you can actually download the files and, and edit them the other feature that StreamYard just added which as an editor is great is they do a, i i know on audio they record separate audio tracks so right. if you're a podcaster I, and I do this with clients. I, I hope I, I recommend services that do that because I have full control over the editing process. So if someone's talking, like if you're, if you're on zoom, a lot of people use zoom, which is not a podcasting platform, you're getting one single track. It's very difficult to edit, but so they get single uh, separate tracks for audio. And I think if they haven't rolled that out already, they are getting the process of rolling out separate video tracks. Yep. So if you're doing a, if you're doing editing and if you want to do your own two box, you can, you can edit that yourself and you have full control of that Re and you can make camera switches. Restream is doing that with audio. Uh, they haven't done video. And John yep. Pareto uh, makes a good point here. Streamer is great starter switching 
platform, but you should quickly graduate to vMix, and I agree. Um, and Lee Kelso said he stepped away from Wirecast, too much processor demand. And, and, and you know, I want to kind of want to put this out there to everybody here. And it, there's, it's no secret that I used to work for the company Telestream. Um, I now work for PTZ Optics. And I still use Wirecast for different things, believe it or not. Um, Wirecast has certain things that you can do very well with it. One of the things that I did, I got the students at the school running Wirecast because they understand how PowerPoint works and they understand the layering system. And it's very simplified for people that want to get going. I'm sure Telstream is not going to appreciate stating that I don't believe Wirecast is a professional level tool at its current state. I think it's trying to be, but I don't believe it's there when you consider the features that vMix has. And I, I mean, I also believe OBS is not a professional level tool either or any of these other platforms that we've discussed. But I also think they have their place. And just like any tool in a toolbox, you should also keep an open mind because Wirecast's virtual camera and audio decimate even vMix's virtual camera and audio because vMix, you've got to kind of jump through some hoops to get it to work, as you guys that run vMix know. Um, that is one thing that they do very well. As far as other things, as far as encoding, vMix has stepped it up. Wirecast used to be top-notch, like nobody could touch it, not even TriCaster. Uh, vMix has been, like as Greg said earlier, it's very solid. So um, I have no complaints. I've gone full vMix as far as TriCaster feeding vMix. So um, I'm not running in the cloud. I think Joe DeMax asked if anybody was running it in the cloud. But there are some things that we want to show here. Let me pull this up here real hey, quick. This goes along the same theme. Lee Kelso put a question. I'm using vMix plus Restream for a weekly webcast to Facebook and YouTube. So far working great. Wish I could control Restream with a Stream Deck, though. So I have a question for you, Lee. Um, so going to Facebook and YouTube, why, why would you use Restream? Because vMix gives you the capability to go to three, because, three different Because he's probably like locations. me. He's probably bandwidth challenge. Uh, he's probably like me, and he's bandwidth challenge. Because when you bring guests on, I'm dedicating mm -hmm. almost 10 megabits up to you guys on the call. And if I have additional callers, i got to designate more. So if you're pumping out four or five streams, now you just pretty much killed your bandwidth. Yeah, but that's just, that's just two. Right. I do four megs per channel. Per person. I do two. I do four point five. No, 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 no. Understood. I'm talking about for callers. Oh, for callers. Yeah. So I'm looking okay, at wait all, a almost four. Wait inputs. a second. You're you're getting in my world now with VMix. Okay. You're telling me that when you bring a caller in, you're giving them four point five megabyte. They're giving me that. I'm allotting for upload right, but and you're download. allowing that much to come in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I only uh, I have a guest. Every Tuesday and Friday, I give them 320 kbps. Okay, that's that's you on my stream the other night. You were only coming in as a low mobile broadband or low mobile caller, Correct. and I still had the beautiful HD. Be well, and, and and VMix call is compressed. It's heavily compressed, just like just like um rendezvous and just like you see with uh uh stream yards and all these other john's system's a bit different with with neural net 
it's uncompressed. You're getting a lot more, you have a lot more uh, ability with that um, without going down a but, rabbit but, hole here, but that's why. No, you know, but are we, are we allowed to disagree on the program? You can disagree if you want. I know you're the pro, but like, I want to help Lee Kelso out. I was streaming to three locations with one computer. What's your upload? Having sometimes what, what's four guests on. What's your upload speed? My upload speed is about 15 to 16. Okay. And do you throw everybody off the internet when you go live? No, my kids are playing video games. Oh my goodness. That's what I'm saying. It'll work. <laughs> oh no, I'm not saying it won't work. I, no, I just, but he wants to use, he wants to be able to use his stream deck. So if you're only going to two locations, let vmix do it for at least try it that's all i'm saying yeah i mean you could you could I, definitely I, try it. it's processor intensive too that's the other thing when you start well, adding more and more encoders it. and then you're recording that's one of the Understood. reasons i don't record on tricaster is for that uh joe and john are saying that they don't believe that the live to air is uncompressed i'm pretty sure that john said it was uncompressed but um again uh, i'd i'd have to check with him we have to move on though we have to talk about the final uh, product here that uh, Greg alluded to earlier, and that is stream elements. So Greg and Marty, one of the biggest hiccups that people have for graphics on their machines is being intensive in CPU, just as you were mentioning, if you're doing all this stuff. Well, there's a platform called Stream Elements. You can go to streamelements.com. It, it works in conjunction with OBS if you want to install this. Um, it does more than just graphics as you can see here it'll keep track of your subscribers different members uh different tips that you get um you have like an activity feed outside of that uh different people that subscribes to your channel tells you who they are uh your revenue channel uh with different things like that there's different streaming tools here that on the drop down they have an overlay gallery and this is all free now it might be dedicated a lot to video games but you can customize it so it doesn't look like video games all the time like here is uh some of my graphics i use this for game night but you can go in and manipulate them and the cool part about this if i click edit here to go in this is like having a cg builder but it's in the cloud so you can go in here and edit these boxes you can move them around however you want them you can change colors you can change the titles on this and then what you do is you simply copy the URL and paste it into um, vMix, OBS, Wirecast as a web source. I believe that's what it's called in vMix too, right, Greg? It's called a yes. web source. And basically, it will give you this overlay. And you do this for each and everything like that. And all you have to do is create it and hit save. Um, now, obviously, maybe you don't want chat overlaying. You can remove those elements from this. Um, the cool part, it being free, that I think is is huge. There's also a chat bot in here that it, it if you wanted to have a uh, a bot in your chat and and enable different commands that maybe you don't know how to program it. Um, Greg, when we you and I talked about this, and you were like, oh, you know, I don't know, that seems a little complicated. You got into it. Next thing you know, an hour later, <laughs> you, oh, we were rolling. You had your own bot in the chat room. Yeah, because now. As you guys know, I'm a, I'm a uh, vMix maximalist proponent, um, but I'm open to anything. But when it came down to the gaming side of it, that stream elements, one hour, and I was rolling. And But here's, here's the cool thing, Stephen. 
I have used some of the stream element templates overlaid even on my news program. So this stuff is so interchangeable that if you just dive in a little bit between these platforms that are competing with each other, you can gain a little piece here, a little piece there, a little piece there. Um, but ultimately, the, the far back end, I do use vMix. But like if I was just to start wanted to stream a game right now or maybe mm -hmm. pop up a quick conversation with somebody, any of those platforms will be phenomenal. No problems. But ultimately, you know, I want to get to where I can add my touch, my flavor. Um, and of course, a platform like vMix allows you to do that wonderfully. So Marty I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. Marty, really quick before we, we got to wrap this up here. Yep. One of the big things that all, you know, we talked about all these streaming platforms in the cloud. One of the biggest things that I see with, that they're lacking, whether it's StreamYard or some of these other platforms, is community. Uh, you have to build community in order to get viewers. Like, and I want to show you an example here. This is from almost 10 years ago on Justin TV. I, I this was a virtual background I built. I was using Wirecast. Who's that guy in the lower time. left? Yeah, look at my videos even stretch. Look, shows how much this guy knew what he was doing, right? My videos all squozing, as Joe Demax would say. But oh, I want man. I want you to take a look at this. We had over 2,026 viewers live watching this show, and it was a bunch of geeks just talking about tech with a pretty poor virtual background and uh, me stretched. But what what happened was there was community where you could go to Justin TV, see what shows were live, and you would be able to choose the show that you wanted to watch, whether it's Ustream or Justin TV. We don't have that anymore. You have Twitch, which Greg, you already said you're not streaming there, you know, really Never. anymore. Because one, you're not going to get recognized. It's oversaturated, and they put a pile of crap on there. And then you have yeah, YouTube. They've, they've sold their brand down the down the lane. So, Marty, what is somebody that wants to get started? What do they do to build? What, what's the draw to doing a, a cloud-based solution? I mean, you really have to go off your subscribers on YouTube if you're going to go. Yeah, I mean, the last time there was a community-based um, service, probably Blab, uh, and that started out, and they, they built community first, and they we all know the story about that. They just never really were able to expand that and made a lot of mistakes. Uh, there's really no... As far as I'm concerned, there's really no plat other than YouTube, although it's not a full complete system. It, you know, so a lot of the things we talked about tonight were our production tools. Uh, so yeah, I mean the community building is is everything, and that's where I think multi-streaming comes into play, where you can go to these various like if you have a Facebook page, YouTube channel, go out there, start building it, start getting your stuff out there, and seeing where it lands. I mean, I'm a big believer in being yourself, attracting audience. You'll, you don't have to put on a show. You'll attract the right audience. There's an audience for everybody. So start there. I think the multi-streaming is a great way to go. And then you can see where you're at and see what, who, you're, who you're attracting. The other thing I want to put a bow on as far as your production tools go, think of it this way. A lot of these tools get you started quickly and, uh, and without, without minimal, with minimal fuss, very easy to get started. They, they're limited. But also what you're discussing with Streamlabs, think of it this way, as you, as you advance, I think the most fun about these tools is their tools. 
think see what you can do with them i love the idea with Streamlabs. is there it's meant for gamers but greg was mentioning he uses it in his news program you can do it for various graphics it's a great you know think about how it works you can produce these graphics in the cloud take the url layer it on as a transparent graphic that's great i mean that makes it nice and easy and then Streamyard, restream or what are elements you can use from there vmix add that in how can you layer how can you combine different tools and just have fun with it and and see what you can do with it i mean there's these tools i mean they have one you know way of using them as far as what the founders and what the people that run these different uh services intend doesn't mean you can't hack it and do what you want and try to combine it so that i would advise people to do that you know don't let the limitations stop you see what you can do stretch it and, and and go from there but the good news is these tools are constantly improving greg mentioned like he looked at Streamyard about a year ago it's come a long way all the and it's going to continue to come a long way even the hardware stuff i saw a, um, a comment in uh the chat with atem the atem line of uh, uh switchers from black magic not enough time to get into that but that's another layering thing layer hardware software Suffice it to say, times are good. The future looks bright. It's only, we're only getting started with this stuff. And also, always be learning. It's constantly changing. Enjoy the journey. Be learning the new stuff. And we'll get into some of the hardware side of things in a future episode. But we really wanted to touch on the uh, the cloud side of things. Because, I mean, let's face it. Not everybody has a big, beefy machine. And, and again, there's more options out there. Right. These aren't the only options. And we wanted to bring up some of the most popular ones that we've seen users use. Uh, Greg, final thoughts. Well, my final thought would be this tonight, Stephen. Actually, I enjoyed this program quite a bit. And, um, you know, Marty just said that ultimately you want to get to where you're building a community. And, you know, I saw the question in the chat about HAPS lately from Sue Ann. Oh, my goodness. I do not want to butcher your last name. Hmm. Ubax, I think that's it. But Marty was I'm mentioning. Not, I'm not attempting it. See, so yeah. <laughs> no. I'm Sue N B U B A C Z. She said haps lately. Um, but you know that's a whole different can of worms with keeping up with technology and and uh, adjusting and moving forward and all these platforms that come and go. Here would be my two cents tonight, and I know there are some stinking geniuses in here tonight. Like I'm looking over here at Joe Demax. I've I'm learning all about your geniusness through Steven. Um, so thanks for being in the program tonight. Tonight, look forward to meeting you in the future. Um, but here's the deal: in the program, we got broadcasters and we got production people. Been doing this pretty much every day. There's nowhere right now going to beat building a community on Facebook and YouTube. So you want to restream. You want to hit to two platforms, three platforms. Those two better be at the top of the list. And from there, let it grow forward. Um, the tools are there. Technology is getting better. I wish you all the best. And anything Broadcast Now can do to help, guys, shoot us a message and we'll let you see some of the, um, uh-oh, Sue, it works. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I, with all due respect, I mean, <clears throat> that was my best guess. Names, so, names, names anyway, are tough. Names you know, we're here to help. That's right. And this is a learning adventure. Technology's changing, honestly, day by day. And um, let's let's head on this journey together and all grow strong communities to make an impact on our society and world. And I encourage you to look up on Facebook. Marty and I have had a group for quite some time. 
Uh, Marty, well, actually, Marty started it, ha- was gracious enough to share it with uh, myself, and Brad heads it up over there. He is the community manager, and it's broadcast now, so look it up. Greg's a moderator in there. We're all in there. Uh, keep the communication flow. We don't want to be the only ones posting in there, and I know Jeff Fitzgerald has one, the Digital Green Room. So there's a lot of great places that you can connect with a lot of these different guys. And speaking of Joe DeMax, Joe DeMax will be joining us next week as a special guest to talk to us about central control. Now, along with some of these platforms that are in the cloud, Joe has developed an application for guys like myself and Greg and Marty that use actual switchers, whether they're hardware or software, and enabled it to be controlled from MIDI controllers like Stream Decks and other types of controllers so that you have one central control, no pun intended, and you're able to control your multiple switching solutions. So I'm really excited to have him on next week as uh, he has been somebody that's watched this show uh, since he was a little teenager. I think he was 14 years old. And Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but he he was a fan. And then, like as Greg said, Uber Smart helps me with different things with the TriCaster because he tore it apart and <laughs> knows the ins and outs. So I lean on him now. It's kind of funny on different things. Uh, so we have that coming up. And then in two weeks... Guys, we have a rep from Netgear coming on about all uh, to talk about all of their new Netgear uh, switching um, switches for NDI. So that's uh, if you're in the market for a new switch, a PoE switch, power over Ethernet, you don't want to miss this episode. So um, with NDI being more and more prevalent and you want to learn about it, we're going to have that in two weeks. So. We've got a pretty extensive lineup coming. And I think after that, before you know it, NAB will be here. So uh, I'm really excited about Marty, that. Marty, can, can I ask Marty one question before we yes. sign off? Oh, boy, here it comes. <laughs> How do you stay so still? Are you like in a body cast <laughs> oh, or something? I'm, I'm, no, no. I I'm, just I'm, watch I'm, you on the back feed I of am the neural full, net. No, working in, in, on behind the scenes in TV for as long as I did. I'm so fully aware of this whole TV thing, and I'm just like locked in. I used to watch the you talent are, all the time. Man. Yeah, I um, and I'm not an on-camera guy by any stretch. I'm no expert, but I used to watch it a lot of it from be you know backstage in the control rooms. I knew a lot of the talent. You know, I mean, you you're around it for almost 20 years. You kind of pick up on the different things. So I'm there's certain things I do that you know I hopefully it rubs off. And well, I know yeah. I'm a tour. Steven because he, he, he Steven's watching all this stuff on the back end in his studio of course and then producing it while he's also hosting the program and I know he sees Marty like this he does and he's watching <laughs> me and I'm over here yep know, <sighs> where's my drink you know and he's going okay I gotta get that cat off of here uh, see I'm used to I'm used to Steven's switching cadence so yes. I, I I do have my drink oh so yes. it's not yes I do have but you'll never see, I, you know, I, I pride myself never to, you know, take a sip on air. So, you know. Well, but. kudos to you. I'm learning from you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and that's something that's something I know we're going to talk about as well in the, in the future is on-screen presence. There's a lot of guys that have a lot to learn about that. I'm learning all the time. I'm not saying we have all the answers to it, but we can pass along some of the tips that we have uh, in that areas as greg alluded to there but guys i mean it's it's been a great episode i hate to kind of time it but i know with with people watching podcasts and things like that uh an hour's their attention span and then they're and then they're done so um 
Mr. Greg Terry from YouTube.com slash Greg Terry Experience. Check it Thanks, out. Thanks, Steven. And it, hey, the way you know it's a really good program, dude, that hour flew by. Yes. So this was awesome tonight. Thanks, brother. Absolutely. I, you know, I wish we had more time. I would have let you guys keep rolling, but it was, you know, trying to keep up with everything that we wanted to talk about. Um, it, practicing my Marty. <laughs> Doing good. It almost, it almost looks like he's frozen. Maybe, maybe he hung up. No. <laughs> it's like Marty's like bubble boy off Seinfeld. It's perfection. I don't understand. And I do want to let everybody know before we say bye to Marty and everybody leaves here. Um, we have the podcast back up. You can, if you miss the show, you can subscribe to us not only on YouTube. Uh, Greg has the show on his YouTube and Facebook. Marty has it on his YouTube. But you can also go to iTunes, uh, Google Play. Uh, I think it's on Pandora, Switch, uh, Spotify. Just basically any place that your favorite podcasts are at. Anchor at Anchor.fm. You guys can check it out there and subscribe both in audio and video form. Whatever you're liking when you're driving to work you can watch us and or listen to us don't watch us when you're driving you you want to listen yeah, to us no. uh you can watch library greg's antics later yeah <laughs> so there too library yeah ladies and gentlemen mr marty mcpadden if you're in the market for podcasts you need a producer or even live streaming or even just editing for bumpers and stingers and those types of things or your videos for that matter give them a yeah, shout go stuff. to podjam.tv Thanks, Steven. I've been working on that. I, I've been working <laughs> on the, you know, the spiel for you. Oh, very good. You're doing a, you're doing a great I, job. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of all the stuff <laughs> that you do. And uh, Guys, we have a lot of fun here. Every Thursday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you tell your friends if you're into broadcasting and you want to know more and more about the ins and outs, we want to hopefully bring this to you. And uh, you can learn some of the pains that we've gone through and how to get through those pains to make your broadcast even better. And we appreciate everybody tuning in. And until next time, keep it buzzing.